Well, there's a few things that would draw our, our hearts uh, and minds' attention to um, to worship the Lord more than than uh, than a song regarding His holiness. And uh, now we know that God has many attributes, and we we don't have to do this. But if you were to have to pinpoint one particular attribute of the Lord, it would be be holiness. And we know that because uh, those that are perpetually in His presence. What are they proclaiming over and over again? <laughs> holy, 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 right? Lord God Almighty. And so it is uh, that, that, uh, that God that we're talking about uh, here today, a holy God, and one who is, is interested in and involved in and active in the affairs of mankind. And so we look at the book of Daniel, and part of the book of Daniel, you know, it is, it is certainly... A narrative, uh, to a large degree, of, 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 of his adventures in life. But also, uh, it does give us some things that were beyond him, uh, that God entrusted to him, or God interjected into his life, I guess we would say. And, uh, you know, as matters of, of prophecy and uh, of things to come. And a lot of the things that, that were, that were uh, mentioned or given to him, um, they already came to pass. And one that grabbed his attention right off, remember, was the fact that, uh, you know, he found in the book of Jeremiah that within 70 years um, that they were going to go out of the captivity that they were in there in Babylon. And, of course, uh, he, was, he was very interested in that because he was part of that captivity. And, and certainly that came to pass and then, uh, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, the, uh, the 70 weeks here, or the four, it adds up to 490 years, and how 483 of those have already come to pass. And if you look at them, you know, as a, as a you know, just a continuous flow of years, uh, then you would think that all, all 490 of them would have come to pass. But we saw very clearly that we are in the midst of uh, a parenthesis to that. And uh, it's explained because if we look at there in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9, it says in verse 24, Daniel 9, 24, 70 weeks, and a week is 7, right? So 70 times 7, 490. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. And so these 70 weeks in particular had to do with Daniel's people. It had to do with, with, with the Jews. And so right now we're, we're in the midst of a parenthesis that has to do with um, God working in the whole world. In the whole world and, and, and in Gentiles in particular. Not that he has ceased to have workings with the Jews but as part of what he's doing to reach, ultimately, the heart of the Jewish people, he has, um, he has of course, uh, ushered in this church age uh, upon the departure of Jesus, uh, the, the church age in which God has, has uh, you know, just offered the gospel uh, to mankind. And uh, for God so loved the world, right? And aren't you grateful for that? And I'm glad that God didn't just select, you know, one group of people and said, you're the only ones that, you know, could ever have the gospel. Or that God just predetermined, you know, you were either born with that chance or you weren't, you know. Um, and one of the reasons why I don't believe that is because I can see God isn't like that. 
God's not willing that any should perish, right? And God, God uh, loves the world, and God gave. He's a consummate giver, and so he gave the way. He gives light to every man that comes into the world. And so 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, and 483 of those years have come to pass, very clearly in prophecy. We talked about that, and how there is, uh, there is a period of seven um, years uh, left. And so we're going to talk uh, today, if you want to give a title to the message, is the 70th week, some things that we can know. The 70th week, some things that we can know. Um, there's other things that we can know, but you know, to spend, basically we'd have to do a study of the whole book of Revelation from chapter 4 on um, to, to, to cover it all. Because really, the book of Revelation, to a large degree, is given to Christians disclosure of what that 70th uh, you know, that week is going to look like. Um, and it is a great blessing, the Bible says, to study that. But uh, in one message here, we're not going to be able to do that. In fact, I'm already thinking this may be more than one message today. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, I do want, want to uh, uh, just read something. You know, it's always amazing to me how many of the things that, 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 that happen today, you know, you can just see how it's all moving towards certain things and, and how maybe 100 years ago a lot of the prophecies, you know, even, even in that uh, brief of a history uh, behind us, people may have looked at a lot of those things and just thought they were outlandish, right? Like science fiction or there's no way, just far-fetched, sensational, right? You know, the, the book of Revelation is looking less and less, I guess, sensational all the time and, uh, and more, more, more and more plausible. And we, we, we know it's going to come to pass because these things are determined, the Bible says. These are determined. And there is still a, a period of seven years which are determined in relation to in particular, Jews. Um, but uh, did you see this, this, this last week that uh, the U.S. releases highly anticipated UFO report? Did you see that there? And I haven't talked about UFOs for like a decade. I haven't even really thought about them. And I read this article this morning. I was going to mention it. And then somebody from our church here walked up to me before the service and started showing me videos of UFOs on their phone. I was like, Okay, that was kind of <laughs> seemed kind of random, but uh, you know, I, I meant to mention this, and then and then uh, he he had that in his mind as well. But uh, the U.S. releases highly anticipated UFO report. The mystery of UFOs seen in American skies is likely to continue following the release of U.S. government's highly anticipated UFO report. Now they're not calling them UFOs anymore; they're calling them unidentified because that was unidentified flying objects, right? Now they're calling them UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Okay, so I don't know. Like uh, everybody's offended by something nowadays, so maybe the aliens were getting offended by that term or something. I don't know. Uh, it's hard telling. But uh, uh, so UAPs, uh, and and actually the Pentagon came out with a big report. Of, they've been they've been uh, been studying these these identified these lights that they can determine. Um, there, was there was 140 that had been observed actually by Navy pilots. And only one out of the 140 could they explain. It was like some balloon thing that, uh, that, they, that they explained. So there was 139 that they said they still, still couldn't explain. And that's just by pilots that have been observed, not to mention just, you know, um, you know footage like was shown to me today just by a, a person out in their backyard at 3 in the morning, you know. What is that thing? And that's not your normal, you know, uh, falling star or, or a little satellite. You can see those going around sometimes. Or, um, you know, there's some strange things out there. 
uh, I had a, 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 a friend in, in, uh, in college, one of my best friends was um, Native American, and he, he said there was a lot of, a lot of uh, paranormal activity on, on the reservation that he lived on. And he said that actually one night that a light came down onto their house and permeated. He said it was like one of a flying saucer. It came down on their house and permeated like their whole house. Like just in the middle of the night, they got up and it was just like brilliant light through their whole house. And he said that the strange thing, and he was a Christian now, he wasn't a Christian back then, but uh, he said the strange thing about it is there was a stench to it. He said there was a really bad smell to it. And uh, I'm on a, on a, I'm on a, a major rambling uh, excursion. I hardly ever do this at the beginning of a message, but uh, if, you, if you read people about these that have become encount- encounters with Sasquatch, I know, I know. I'm like all over the place this morning. <laughs> but <laughs> I just, <laughs> you guys are going to make this easy for me either. Uh, but the Bigfoot thing, people that have come in contact with or had some sort of, a, of, of an experience with them, they say they smell like really bad. You ever heard that before? There's like a real stench to them. Oh, if you haven't heard, just believe me, okay? Because I've read about it, all right? And, uh, and so I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, that a lot of this paranormal activity, they're, they're distractions. They're distractions. You know, the devil, he's, the, he's called the prince of the power of this world. And, uh, and I've, I've heard about deno- uh, being close to demonic activity that a lot of times missionaries have said there's, there's, when there's demons, there's a, real, there's a smell to it. There's a bad smell to it. And I'm just, you know, connecting dots in my own mind. I may, I may be way off on this. But I am saying this, that, that uh, there's a lot of talk right now about UFOs and aliens to the degree that even our Pentagon, and I can read you this article here, but I've, I've talked and you know, referred to enough here, but even our Pentagon is saying, we don't really know. This is spooky things, and, uh, and who knows what's going to happen, you know, if, if these, these things, whatever they are, decide to make their move on us. It's, it's a, they've called it in the article a matter of, of national security. So <laughs> that gets me thinking about a time that the Bible says, you know, we're all just going to be taken out of here as Christians, right? There's going to be that trumpet sound, the moment, the twinkling of an eye. Boom, we're going to be gone. And people look at that and say, oh, yeah, right, you know, like that would ever happen. And, and, uh, but what, what, what's that going to look like the day after here on earth? Because it will happen eventually. It could happen today, the Bible says, right? That will happen eventually. And then, you know, the, the last, that, that last week is going to be um, ushered in after that. But, uh, well, what's going to be the explanation for that? Oh, I know, all the, all the news uh, outlets are going to get on there and say, well, Christianity was true after all. The church has been raptured. We can't believe it. And we just want to encourage everybody to look at the Bible now because the rest of it must be true as well, right? Um, well, some people call it the fake news and maybe, you know, there's, there's good reason for that, but uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is that people that are left on earth, you know, they're not going to be real prone to, the Bible says, a strong delusion is going is to set in there. They might, they might believe a lie, right? And so they're not necessarily going to say, oh, man, all these people are gone, and, and uh, in fact, all the people that I don't see around anymore, if I remember right, they were, you know, they were Bible-believing Christians. Now, some might catch on to that. But uh, for the most part, there's going to be, there's going to be these, you know, these explanations for it. And it is interesting, all this talk about UFOs now and, and aliens and all that sort of thing. And I'm just saying that to, to say this, that, you know, we know that everything from the Bible is determined. The, the, all the forecasts, all the prophecies, they are determined. 
All that have come to pass point to the fact that all the rest of them are going to come to pass. And, and things that seemed, you know, just totally far-fetched and totally beyond, like, could there ever be one world government? Could there ever be a one world currency? Could, there ever, could they ever control everybody, you know, to say you can buy and you, and you can sell, you can't buy and you can't sell? Well, you know, the, 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 the technology that's being used for humanistic means nowadays is astounding. And the advancements of that by leaps and bounds and, and, uh, and all these things. And, and so uh, we know that the Bible is going to... And we don't need to see these things for, to believe it. But it is interesting, isn't it? How all these things are still on course. And, uh, and, and, and we know the Bible is, 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 is going to come true. Well, let's ask the Lord to help us now as we get into uh, the Scriptures here. Lord, I thank you for, for your time, uh, for the time you've given us and for your heart towards us. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us now as we look at your word to see uh, some things that would be helpful, encouraging to us today, and also give us a burden, uh, Lord, for, for those that, that, that haven't seen your goodness and haven't seen your plan. And, uh, and, and, and Lord, are just uh, wondering what life is all about and what, what the future holds. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we, God hasn't given us disclosure of everything, you know. He says, you know, that there's things you can't even imagine that the, that the future holds. Your eyes have never seen that sort of thing. You haven't even heard about that sort of thing. I have some things in the future that, that, that you can't even totally process here on earth. But he has given us disclosure of, you know, sort of the, the rough plan, uh, the general plan of how things are going to unfold. And so... Uh, we see here in verse 21, it says, Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked to me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. Again, as we've seen, to help him understand some of these things. At the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. And God especially discloses some things to his beloved. You know, uh, in, 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 the, in the world, they might be wringing their hands, wondering, you know, well, how it's all going to play out. But as the beloved of God, we're secure. We know the big, the big plan of God, his, his paramount plan for the ages will unfold unhindered. And we're secure in that. And, 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 and so it says, you know, I want you to understand these things and consider this vision. So he says in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. And uh, we can see if we go down to verse 27 that the 70th week will begin when the coming uh, prince will confirm a covenant with the Jewish people. Look at verse 27. And he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation uh, to, to cease. So there's going to be this covenant that this, uh, that this prince that's mentioned there, and we know that he's called the man of sin, we know he's called the Antichrist, uh, we know he's the little horn from the, the book of Daniel. Um, and uh, he's going to, he's going to have this, 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 he's going to confirm this, this covenant uh, with Israel in particular. And, uh, but then it says, in the midst of the week. In other words, in the midst of seven years, right? So that would be at the point of what? Three and a half years, right? He shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. In the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, then that that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. And so all these things are going to play out, and uh, this, 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 this world ruler is going to make a covenant, and then he's going to, he's going to break this covenant in very wicked fashion. And, and ultimately, it's all going to move towards, um, as it says there, and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. 
In other words, that which God has said, the way that that, that man is ultimately going to be, be dealt with, that's determined as well. Now, for those that are going through it at that time, <laughs> it's going to be a time of, of crisis and chaos on, on earth like there's never been before. But even that ultimately is going to bring great glory to God is that which he has determined at the end of all that does kind of pass. And so that's what we're going to build on and, and look at a little more um, uh, today and, and, and maybe next time as well. So with this covenant, um, we know from the Bible that Israel will embrace the so-called Antichrist or this man of sin, this prince, as, as a messiah. And at least as a political Messiah, if not a literal Messiah. In fact, Jesus predicted this in John chapter 5, verse 43. He said this, I have come in my Father's name. Now we know that Jesus was the, what? Messiah. I have come in my Father's name. I am the Messiah. And you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him will you receive. Now what is one of the characteristics of the Antichrist? Well, he comes in, in his own name. A whole system is set up to worship him. He doesn't even come in the Father's name. Say, well, Jesus, you know, he accepted worship. But he was one with the Father. And he proved that the Father had sent him. And glory was always due to the Father. And, uh, and so um, he says, I have come in my Father's name. You do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will him you will receive. So Jesus predicted uh, this time even when he was alive. Now we're going to spend uh, uh, quite a bit of time in the book of Revelation because what you have here, um, you have the book of Revelation dovetailing with the book of Daniel because when Daniel talks about, for example, that 70th week, as I said, Revelation gives a lot of detail about the 70th week, about that time period. All right? But let's, uh, let's look here in the book of Revelation. Let's go to chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12. In the book of Revelation, we see this seven-year period with both, uh, both of its halves, all right? And, and, and it's described as yet future, and it's described in great detail. Now look at one example of that. If you look at Revelation chapter 12, and think numbers here, because God is a God of numbers, all right? God is, is, is a God that proves himself through numbers even. And, uh, and it says here in verse 6, it says, And the woman fled into the wilderness. Now the woman here refers to, to, to Israel. The woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Now that's a thousand two hundred and sixty in the Jewish calendar. Uh, that each year is 360 days, and that comes out to exactly three and a half years. Three and a half years. Back in Daniel, it said, in the middle of it, right? In the midst of that week. What's the midst of, of a week? Uh, uh, seven years. Three and a half. Three and a half. And we have it here in Revelation chapter 12 as well. If you go down to verse 13 and 14, it says, And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Now, out of, out of Israel came, right, came the man-child, Jesus Christ. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time, and times, and a half-time. 
So what do you have? You have a time and you have times, which so one and two, and then a half time you have again what? Three and a half for three and a half years uh, from the face of the, serp of the serpent. And so that tells you there that like, you know, the, the, the devil, just like he always has, he hates God's people. And he hates Israel here. And he goes after Israel in particular. And what is God doing? He's looking out for Israel in a special way. Because that seven years is determined for God's people. And, uh, and God is going to be working on behalf of, of Israel in a, in a very remarkable fashion during this time. All right? Now go to Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13. And we'll pick it up there in verse uh, 4. I know this it takes, uh, you, have to, you have to be engaged and, and, uh, and really think actively here, but there is a flow to it. And if you look at verse 4, it says, And they worshiped the dragon, the dragon that was going after Israel, right? They worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? These leaders now, they're the greatest ever. <laughs> Nobody could challenge these leaders, these, these one-world powers uh, uh, at this time. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 42 months. See it there? What do you have? Three and a half years again. All right? Um, the Bible is continuous and, and cohesive. And it says in verse 6, And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of, of, the, of, of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. Who have been the ones that have always stood in the path of the humanistic agenda? <laughs> God's people. Well, here are Christians. Right? Those who have their names um, uh, in the book of life of the Lamb. The Lamb's book of life. That's a book you want to be in. All right? If you study the Bible, who's in the book of life? Well, everybody that's alive, right? The book of life. And uh, when you get to that point where you've rejected God to the point of no return, your name is blotted out of the book of life. Those who remain through the one means that there is to have eternal life through Jesus Christ, they now are in the Lamb's book of life. You want to be have life, and you want to continue with life forever through the Lamb, through Jesus Christ. And they, those are the ones that are in the Lamb's book of life. And uh, that's ultimately where you want your name uh, to remain written forever, forever. And uh, so it says there, all the, in verse 8, all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of, of life of the Lamb. So everybody except, you know, true believers are going to worship. They're going to worship these counterfeits. The devil counterfeits everything. He's counterfeiting the Messiah here is what he's doing. And, uh, and then, uh, um, so if we come back to, to Daniel chapter 9 again, if we come back to, uh, to Daniel chapter 9, in the middle of the week, we know in verse 27, they're back to 9. Uh, I uh, probably should have told you to keep your place in Revelation because we'll, we'll bounce back and forth a little bit. So in the middle of the week, um, there's an end of 
the sacrifice it says there. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, verse 27, Daniel 9, 27. In the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. So this blasphemy here is going to be, well, for one thing, he's going to shut down. He made a covenant with Israel. They can have their temple. They can have their sacrificial system. All that we know from the Old Testament points to, to Jesus Christ. And then he, he decides that he's going to be the one that inhabits that temple. Now, the temple has, it's about the, the holy one, right? And, and, and the, the, the holy place and the holy of holies and the presence of God, devotion to one true God. And then everything of that system to point to, to Jesus Christ as the mediator and the, 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 the sacrifice, ultimately. But this blasphemer is going to come in. He's going to break his covenant with Israel, and he is going to set himself up in the temple. He's going to stop all of their, their, uh, um, their normal temple activities. And uh, it says he's going to, uh, it's going to be overspread with abomination. Now, if you study abomination in the scriptures, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, daunting topic. It's a pretty dark topic. Uh, but many times, abominations has to do with idolatry. And then in the Bible, idolatry many times is tied into uh, uh, perverted sexual activity as well as uh, sacrifice of human beings. So the abomination is going on here. In the name of worshiping this counterfeit Messiah is going to be despicable activities done even in the place that's supposed to be the holy place. Now that will be a, the, the, the devil's just very blatant in the face of God saying, I'm, I, I always wanted to be God. You kicked me out of heaven. I'm setting my system up here on this world. I'm the, uh, the prince of the power of this world. And now full-fledged, I am putting my system in place. In your face, saying, we don't care. We're going to do this. And it's going to be the most perverted time on the face of the earth that there's ever been. And, uh, and, and so um, the abomination of, uh, of desolation. And the idea is that the coming prince breaks the covenant and brings an end to sacrifice and offering by desecrating the holy place um, with unprecedented horrific desecrations. All right? Now Jesus called this abomination of desolation. And uh, Matthew chapter 24, you can, you can just uh, make note of it, or you can turn there if, if you have time, but I'm going to read it. Matthew 24, verse 15, uh, verses 14 and 15, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations, and then shall the end come. So Jesus talked about these end time things. If you believe Jesus is the truth, then Jesus talked about these things. All right? You can't just say, well, that's Book of Revelation stuff, and I don't really believe that. That's just Book of Daniel stuff. I don't really believe that. You know, Jesus talked about these things because this is all about Jesus' plan. And, uh, and so it says uh, there, uh, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations. Then shall come the end. Now look at verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. You see how Jesus puts his stamp of approval on the prophecies of the Old Testament, in particular the one that we're studying here uh, with, with Daniel. And uh, whoso readeth, uh, oh, it says, uh, the abomination of desolation shall stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. 
And so God says, you know, when you study the Bible, you come to understand how these things are going to play out. You come to understand that it's not just about, you know, hey, the American dream. You know, I'm just going to live the American dream, and that's all I need, and, and at the end of it, I was a success. Well, get that piece of the pie, but then, then what? <laughs> uh, you say, well, you know, I just think we're just going to be annihilated one day. I, I, I live my life to the fullest, get everything I can out of it, I just cease to exist. Well, that's not what the Bible says, and that's not what Jesus said. And so, do we want to take that into account as, as, as a possibility because everything else has always been proved about the Bible? And, uh, and so, uh, the Bible talks about these things to, to, to help us know that while we're on this earth, there's a purpose to it all. We are a part of that purpose. Jesus provided for our part of that purpose, and Jesus will be the central uh, theme of all of it through to, to the time when he comes back again. And, uh, and so, uh, oh man, maybe sometime, speaking of that, maybe sometime we'll talk about when Jesus comes all the way back to earth again. And he, he refreshes everything and sets everything back the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? I mean, are you frustrated with some of the wild, you know, and goofy things that are going on in our world right now? You just think, man, why? Why are people making these self-destructive choices here on earth? Why are they messing this up so bad? And it is frustrating. If this is all we had, I'd be, I'd be really frustrated. But knowing that one day Jesus is going to come and put it all back the way it should be, oh, man, that's wonderful. That's like the, the, most, the, ultimate, the, the ultimate security right there. Now, Paul referred to the idolatry of the coming prince as well in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And uh, so you piece some of these scriptures that you've looked at in kind of a disjointed fashion. You piece them together within the, the framework of what we're talking about here, and they make a lot of sense. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, Let no man deceive you. Now, others might be deceived, but don't you be deceived about it. All right? You can know these things, and, and, and you can stay on track with the truth. For the day shall not come, except there be a falling away first, and that the man of sin shall uh, be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And so Paul talked about this uh, as well. And if, uh, if now, uh, maybe you're already there still in, in Daniel chapter 9, it says this is going to go on until. Do you see it there in verse 27? Until. Now, that's a beautiful word right there. <laughs> because if we think about, you know, this, this continuing to play out. And left unhindered, do things get better or worse? Left, you know, without any, any intervention, does your house get better or, or worse? You know, without any intervention. Your car, you know. Uh, those things are mostly goners anyways. Uh, you know, your body, I mean, whatever it is you want to look at, the law of atrophy, you know, without intervention, things deteriorate. They get worse. And you look at this and you think, man, this is about as bad as it can get. And it probably would get even worse. But there is that great word there that says, until. Until. Because God isn't going to let this play out forever. You know, God isn't going to let the humanistic, atheistic machine go on forever. The... The world is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. And ultimately, as the, the, the landlord, he will, he will take it back. And, it, and it's, his, it's his prerogative to do whatever he wants with it at that point. And he will at one point consume this world and, and there will be, be a new world and a new Jerusalem. 
Um, yes, it's a huge topic, and there's a lot to it. But so let's stay on track here. And uh, it says it says until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate, is poured out. Now we know that in the book of Revelation, it does talk about some things being poured out, doesn't it? It talks about uh, seven vials or seven bowls. It talks about seals being opened. It talks about trumpet judgments. And it talks about bowl judgments being poured out. And, uh, well, what's happening there? Well, that which is determined, you know, this is going to go on until God says, okay, enough. Until God says, all right, now we're going to, we're going to start tightening the screws on this little by little. And even that is God's mercy. Because God doesn't say, okay, at that time, I'm going to cut it off. You know, it's just going to be like, boom, and that's it. No, I'm going to pour some things out. I'm going to dispense some things. There's, I'm going to have these waves of, of evicting judgments, as they were, where there's still going to be opportunity. There's still going to be opportunity. And the humanistic ones that like to say, this is our world, and uh, we can control the climate, and we can set up utopia here on earth, and we got all this, you know, these green things, deals, and everything that we've come up with that we're going to get it all done with. Um, you know, God is going to say, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take all this stuff that you talk about, all this climate stuff and all this stuff that you think that you're God over, and I'm going to show you who really controls it all. In fact, one of the things that we'll look at next week is, uh, um, you know, there's going to be, there's gonna be uh, global warming. Do I believe in global warming? Yes, the Bible describes it really clearly in, in the book of Revelation, where there's going to be these, these miracles that go on, that God is going to manifest himself, that he is in control of all these things. And simultaneously, there's going to be messengers. There's going to be messengers along with it. So it isn't going to be like, wow, you know, like today, if a tornado hits or an earthquake hits or a tsunami hits, we might think, wow, maybe, maybe that was some judgment of God, but we don't really know, right? When it happens during those days, there's going to be messengers along with it. They say, yes, God's trying to get your attention. <laughs> God did that right there. There's not going to be any question about it. And you know how we know there's not going to be any question about it? Because the Bible says that God, that during these, these uh, um, uh, these manifestations of God's judgments, people are going to blaspheme and curse God. They know exactly who it's coming from. So the ones that don't turn to him are going to blaspheme and curse him. Now, are we seeing some of those things today? <laughs> yeah, we see, we see the, this type of spirit already, don't we? We see people blaspheming and cursing God, you know, not, 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 not liking uh, what he has to say and the fact that he says that he's God and that, that we're accountable to him. And when things go wrong and, and uh, things that they, don't, that they don't like. But, you know, God is working in the hearts of men. And God loves everybody. Hey, look, the people who have a, such a godless agenda today, you know what Jesus came to die for them? <laughs> Jesus loved them. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he looked at people that had a godless agenda and he said, Lord, would you forgive them? Because they don't even realize what they're doing. <laughs> Fully. And... Uh, and, and so, ultimately, what's our job? Well, the Bible says in the book of, of, of 1 Corinthians, we are now then ambassadors. You know what that means? An ambassador represents their good and beloved land to those that don't totally understand about that land yet. To those that need to hear about the intentions of that land to those that could come to an appreciation of that land and maybe even be a part of it. 
And so do we look at those and, and get a little frustrated sometimes and say, you know, there's no regard for God and nobody's looking to, to these truths of the Bible and it seems like, you know, there's a, there's a real darkness across the land. Look, don't be discouraged by that. Be, be burdened by it. But don't be discouraged by it. God gave us disclosure of the fact that it's going to be that way. We shouldn't be shocked. We should instead say, wow, this is, these are exciting days. I think these are the best days to be a Christian ever. <laughs> I think this is the most opportunity has ever been. Uh, to, uh, to stand uh, for, for the gospel, uh, to talk about Jesus, to talk about the answers to life, to talk about how, where this is all headed. And, uh, and so when we look at, uh, when we develop this a, lot of, uh, a little more next time, part two, the 70th week, what do we know? We're going to look at three things, uh, three major things, and then seven points under the last thing. So this will be our, our outline next time. What do we know? What can we know? The 70th week. It is future from our day. It is not forgotten by deity. And then thirdly, uh, we're going to, to, to see that it is, it is forecasted in great detail. And uh, we're going to look at seven details that God gives us about what that 70th week is going to look like. And you say, well, you know, why do I care about that? I'm not going to be there. You will care. When you see what these things are, you will care. In fact, it will make us care more is what it will do. Um, and so uh, if you're here today and... and uh, you know, you don't have a relationship with this Jesus that, that, that this is talking about. The one who's going to ultimately handle all these things. The one to whom all glory is due in the end. You know, the last point next week is going to be about the, 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 the time when Jesus arrives in a, in a visible fashion once again. And, uh, you know, Jesus, you might think of him as just like this little baby in a manger or this very, you know, the kind man that was upon the earth, and, and in some, you know, in those senses in which we, there are aspects of that. But when you see what he is going to look like when he comes back, it's pretty fearsome. And it's one of those pictures that, that I think when I see it in my mind's eye, I sure am glad I'm on his side. <laughs> and if you, if you have never accepted Jesus as your, as your, benefactor, as your savior, we call it, as your champion, as the one who holds it all in his hand ultimately. I just encourage you, consider Jesus today. One day that's going to be the only thing that matters. One day that's going to be the only thing that matters. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time we've been able to have together, and Lord, and, and I know that in the hearts and minds represented